You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 204 of the Spruce and Bruce podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. And Andy. Hello, hello, hello. Sadly, Jay yet again uh, is having to miss out on the podcast. I'm sure he'll be back soon. I'm sure he's missing us. Uh, probably too busy painting squats, I'd imagine. Probably, yeah. I, I think he's probably uh, knee deep in squats. That's a lot of squats. I think he's secretly um, starting a new chaos army after our podcast last week. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe he's got a zinch army. Who knows? Oh, oh man, can you imagine Jay with a chaos army? Just, my mind would be blown, absolutely <laughs> blown. Um, so, what we're going to be talking about on this week's show? Well, we've got we've got an interesting one this week. So, um, we're going to be talking about our top three ways of saving money in the hobby. Um, so, this is like hobbying on a budget. Um, there's quite a few things you can do. It's quite a, a good one considering everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, and it's also going to tie quite nicely into our main segment where we're going to be talking about the hobby in general and why we buy what we buy, um, basically our approach to the hobby. So should be quite an interesting um, few conversations uh, during this week's show. Mm. <clears throat> We have, of course, as well, got all of the latest news, including everything that's going up for pre-order. Uh, and we do have the community top three towards the end of the podcast as well. But before we get stuck into all of that, let's talk about what we've been doing in the hobby since last week. Now, I remember that I picked on Andy first last time. So I'm going to pick on you, Matt, first this time. You know, pick on me. Outrageous. Well, I, I, I've been doing... A lot of painting. It's been manic. Um, the, the main star attractions, what I've been working on this week, though, are the new star players for Blood Bowl. So Games Workshop already sent, kindly sent us some uh, free review copies to uh, get painted up, up and have a look at for our uh, review of the new Amazon team, which is up on YouTube and on sprueseandbrews.com. I, um, I wanted to work on the Forge World stuff first because... They're cool models, aren't they? And yeah. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be I'm, I'm halfway done on the Amazons themselves, but um, for the for the deadline, I wanted to get the resin stuff painted, and I'm glad that I did because I had an amazing time painting them. So Boa Constrictor, Glottal Stop, and Estella Vino uh, are all painted, and I really enjoy painting them. The you know what the thing one I think I enjoyed painting the most was uh, Glottal Stop, the Croxagore star mm. player. Yeah. I think he's my favourite. I kind favorite of, too. I kind of wish, if Seraphon get new Croxagore or something, I'd be all over a, an army. They've got a yeah. lot of old kits, haven't they? If they got new Saurus Warriors, <coughs> sorry Dave. If they got new Saurus Warriors and uh, new Croxagore, the Skinks I think are probably fine. Yeah. Though we did see a little teaser for a Chameleon skin, so you never know. We're definitely going to get something in uh, in Warcry, aren't we? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think. I'd be all over a listed man army if uh, if they put them out. But the other two models are really fun as well. So bow constrictors like a snake with a ball in armor, which is cool. And then Estelle, I didn't think I'd enjoy paint, painting her as much as I did. She's quite wacky with lots of kind of frogs all over her. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so they were really really fun to paint. Uh, I also just before uh, joining the podcast today did a bit of work on my night haunt as well. My um, my uh, Path to Glory hero 
in both a lower and higher form. So the skin, skin, phantasmal <laughs> energy of her is now painted. And I started painting the well as well. So hopefully I'll have some uh, pictures to share on uh, Twitter very soon of that. And on brew-related news, um, hopefully, touch wood, within the next few weeks, finally in the new house. And here's 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 an unusual one because we we don't often have a brew section. In fact, I think we need a little kind of breaking brews kind of jingle or something here, Dave. Yeah, I'm sure I can. I'm sure there's something playing right now which uh, attributes with uh, <laughs> brew report. So yeah, I, I I any valiant listeners out there who've who've picked up. A, um, a hotel chocolate velvetizer, other chocolate brands are available, or a coffee machine of either the Nespresso or Tassimo variety. Uh, send me your thoughts. I want some kind of hot beverage creator. There's plenty of sprues, but not many brews in the new house. So, yeah, I'm looking into getting a new hot beverage creator of some description. I, I personally have a Dolce Gusto. It's quite oh. an old one now. Um <laughs> But um, it, it does me quite well. I actually, um, I've, I've run out of them now, I think. But I picked up some of the Costa Coffee pods. I think Costa Coffee do a different pod for every available machine. Um, but I managed to get the one for mine on Club Card a few weeks ago. And um, in particular, the Caramel Latte was very nice. Just a bit Ooh. pricey when it's not on offer, um, which, yeah. is, which is a shame. Is, is this the first? Is this the first news section we've actually had some brew related? <laughs> here. I know. I think I like it though. I like. It. I think we should make this a regular thing. <laughs> <game. laughs> I think we should make this a. I'll, I'll, let, you know, I'll let you know next week what my uh, what my decision was on uh, coffee machine slash hot chocolate machine. Did you Did you have any input to this, Andy? Um, yeah, I like a kettle, um, <laughs> hot water, and I tell you what. My favourite hot chocolate now is the options one. Uh, I've gone away from that Cadbury chocolate, hot chocolate rubbish, and I'm now an options kind of guy. So there you go. Let, is my favourite. Let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Twitter what your brew thoughts are on brew creating <laughs> devices, and we'll uh, report back with a section next week. Excellent. Look forward to that. Right. Let's just scrap the rest of the show. We can um, hurry up and get to that episode. Um, so uh, you've been quite busy then Matt I'm really looking forward to seeing your Nighthorn ready I tell you what it, that deadline is closing in fast it is have you painted your scaven yet Dave you've got like I've, 25 days something like that you, you know this this goes quite nicely to my hobby updates Matt now Ooh. you would think seeing as I said last week man I'm going to be paying a lot of scaven between now and the end of October and the fact the deadline is, is is screaming towards us that I will be telling you about all the clan rats I painted this week. I have painted two clan rats. <laughs> two better than none. Now the reason for this is I, I've got the the they're all ready. They're all ready for painting. Um, they're all they're always ready, Dad. Well, they're, they're all primed and they're, they're good to go, like the big main unit. Um, but something else that I can't talk about has landed on my desk, and honestly, guys. I couldn't turn these down. So it does mean putting more pressure on myself, but I think it is well and truly worth it. So I look forward to being able to reveal a bit more um, in the next um, few weeks. But that, unfortunately, along with um, it being my wife's sort of birthday weekend, I- I've taken up my my hobby time. But I, 
I'm really wish I could tell you guys what they are. But um, I really enjoyed painting these things, and I can't wait to be able to tell you more. Um, so aside from that, unfortunately, that's all I can really say for the hobby this week. Um, serious, oh, aside from um, I haven't I, I started it. It's not finished yet. But I've started building my Vermin Lord as well. Um, nice. In the end, I decided to go for a Deceiver. I think last week I was a bit torn um, between the different variants. But I've decided I, I'm, I'm in a real um, Eshin mood, Assassin Rats. Um, Ooh, so I decided to say that, Dave? Build, we, 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 we were chatting, weren't we? But So I managed mm. to acquire tickets to the uh, Age of Sigmar doubles, which is at the end of ja- January. I did have a yeah. bit of um, a panic refreshing the site, but managed to get get the tickets for it. And um, we were thinking, in the um, in the Broken Realm series, Bellacor has got um, Clan Escher under his employ to do all sorts of devious stuff. And obviously we've got the Slaves of Darkness coming out at the end of the year. So I said to Dave, hmm, why don't we do... Bellacore's forces, he may may or may not be in the list, and we're only going to have a thousand points, so it might be a force that works for Bellacore. And then the uh, he, he's employed the services of Clan Eshin to do all sorts of tricksy shenanigans for him. Mm. So that's the that's the plan. Um, and it, yeah, I, I really like the Deceiver. Deceiver's got really cool rules. I think he's probably the most punchiest out of the um available vermin lords um so i've started building him um i've also matt kindly reminded me last week that we need to take a monster along to the event as well not to be part of an army list but for a particular battle plan now i do have monsters that i can take you know war crusher being one storm drake not storm drake star drake sorry um but i have also got a help hell pit abomination which I hope to have time, you know, just add to the Skaven list of things to paint, um, to, to paint in time for the event. Not sure if he's going to make it. Um, he's basically not in my timeline of painting. It's just whether or not if I have time to, to, to crack. I think actually it'd be really easy to paint because just a lot of skin, isn't he? Um, yes. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Are you, stick, are you sticking to your timeline, Dave? Or do we need to get into crisis mode? Uh, we're not in crisis mode yet. We're not in crisis mode yet. Uh, give me another week, and then I'll tell you if I'm hitting that big red button. Um, so um, yeah, I, I do have a backup plan if um, if things is is the backup wrong. plan is the backup plan an all nighter with a load of Red Bull, and we'll all go around there and play motivational music. That is one of my backup plans. I um, can sing to you, Dave, if that helps motivate you. I'm not going to sing now, but. Uh... <laughs> Most pain fast is so Andy can stop and I can go to bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not in crisis mode. I'm still pretty relaxed actually. Um, so yeah, it should be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. And um, but that's me for the hobby. Um, and that just leaves one other person. Andy, what have you been up to? Um, so I, yeah. I've not been up to a lot this week. I'm not going to lie. I've had a bit of a, had a little bit of a calmer week hobby wise this week where I've done a lot of reading and a lot of planning for future events and stuff like that. But for the most part, in terms of actual hobby, I've just been painting the 20 hobgrats that are on my painting desk at the minute. And apart from, I'm up to the final state. Basically, I'm following, um, I think it was Nick. Baton, he did a painting video on the Warhammer YouTube channel, which you can check out. 
And it was, funnily enough, how to paint hobgrots. I think it's hobgrots and uh, gut rippers as well, but obviously just the hobgrot part of it. Um, and he basically just does a load of base coats and then does some uh, washes at the end just to sort of tone it down because ultimately at the end of the day, the hobgrots, right? You know, the, the kind of uh, using air quotes here. I like doing that now, air quotes. Um, the chaff of the the army so they don't have to be like super highlighted and all that sort of stuff um and i've basically got them all to that stage where i've literally just got to do some mephiston red on all the rope details on them which doesn't take that long judging by the tester model that i've done and then just give all of the details apart from the skin a wash of agrax surf shade and then it's just a case of doing the bases which is like an hour one evening you know quite nice and relaxing um, but apart from that, I've kind of just been planning what I want to do for the rest of the year, kind of hobby wise, because we've been chatting about doing like a, a crusade sort of campaign sort of thing towards the end of the year and maybe into early next year and stuff like that. And I'm going to take um, I'm settling on Death Guard for that. Ooh. And yeah, I know. <laughs> So it's a long time coming. I've got loads of maggotkin, so I figured, why not? You know, I like chaos. It's part of one of my hobby resolutions as well, to try and get 2,000 points of chaos done. And I've got sort of over 1,000 points now. So, I'm kind of, you know, I'm on track. Um, yeah, I want to get um, a load of Death Guard done for uh, sort of our campaign. And um, I'm going away with a, a friend of mine called Jason to, to Warhammer Wood later in the year as well. Um, and we're going to do like... Um, yeah, kind of like a narrative um weekend sort of thing just playing like small 50 power love games and that sort of stuff and i want to take the death guard for that um and i don't want to spoil anything on the podcast because i know jason listens but um yeah the, the death guard might be leading to something a bit bigger and some would say more beautiful um towards the end of that sort of narrative story that i'm planning interesting yeah um, so, like I said, I've basically just been painting the hobgrots um, and, and planning what I want to do for the rest of the year. Um, I'll tell you what, though, back when I first got into this hobby and like first like started going to events and stuff, I could batch paint armies in a week. No problem. I'm struggling to batch paint 20 hobgrots in a week now. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that is that a sign I should retire? No? OK, that's fine. I've gone the other way, so I used to really find it hard to batch paint anything, but it's amazing what a bunch of rats can can do to you. Um, I actually don't mind it so much. Yeah, I think with Skaven, you have to batch paint, otherwise you'd just be there forever. Yeah. But you see, if, if, Andy's, if Andy's in Deathcar, that means demons are back on the table, which means that batch painting Bloodthirsters is also back on the table. <laughs> Only you would batch paint Bloodthirsters. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if world eaters were, were available for when we do this campaign, I mean, who knows? Maybe we are. I doubt it. But well, they said in the roadmap, didn't they? They said Christmas, but yeah, it's probably next year. Um, I, I'd happily do world eaters, and then chaos could really take over and just do- dominate. You know, whatever Dave's taking and whatever Jay's taking. You know, chaos is strong well, and all that. Well, you know. This this campaign that we're going to be doing is it's the first one that I've ever created. Um, I'm actually happy you've said Death Guard. I can kind of finish off the narrative for us now. Um, but the the game plans and stuff that I've got planned, we're, pro- we're probably not going to have massive 
armies by the end of it. It's going to be a nice, easy campaign to get us ourselves into it. By the time I come to tackle one next year, it's hopefully going to be on a much bigger scale, maybe involving the community, um, building up larger armies. And of course, then you'd be able to get that corn-filled chaos space marine army of your dreams, Andy. Well, I mean, that's a good question, isn't it? I mean, that's a future episode right in the making now is narrative gaming. How do you do it? You know, because uh, like an episode to me. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Because I'm sort of like approaching narrative gaming in almost like a uh, the story as a whole part without that much crusade content to it. Um, but I, I, narrative gaming is what you want it to be, isn't it? It's a story at the end of the day. So yeah, I mean, uh, what I'm um, really impressed with uh, at the moment, and I'm going to give them a shout out because the guy who runs it is really nice. A guy called pa- Paolo. Apologies if I've um, pronounced your first name incorrectly. He is currently running, or it started this week, a big community-driven crusade event called. Um, the last ever 40k um, crusade. Is that, what's that, is that the full name? The last ever 40k crusade, um, which is an inclusive, interactive sandbox crusade um, campaign. Um, and I've been reading about it, and he's put a lot of effort into his battle plans, and he's encouraging people to write up battle reports and stuff. And he's going to have different phases that run over different weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking an awful lot of inspiration from that. I mean, I'd already kind of roadmapped out some of my battle plans before I, I came across this but um this is something that's kind of on par to something we might try and tackle um next year so um well you know we, what you know what why, why, why don't we get him on the show on a, yeah, on a, on a um, narrative episode that'd be fun yeah I'll, I'll have i'll have a word but if you if you check out um what i might even do is i'll, I'll, I'll give this a share on our uh facebook um page so um by the time you listen to this episode I will have shared it over on our Facebook and probably on our Twitter as well. So check our social media channels out and you'll be able to, to join. And it is, is um, just on Facebook. Um, I'm sure most of our, uh, or at least some of our Twitter followers, um, will also have Facebook accounts so they can join. And it's still in phase one. So um, you've not missed anything um, just yet. Excellent stuff. That was a fun first section to start off this week's podcast. We do have quite a bit to get through, so I'm going to take a slight pause and then come back with the news. So what do we have in this week's news, Matt? Well, we have got a hefty week of pre-orders this week. Um, So we've got the 35th anniversary of Warhammer 40,000 on Warhammer Day and uh, Bayard's Revenge is up for pre-order. I'm going to be picking this up because it looks amazing. It's so cool. It's so, so cool. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick this one up as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's even though I've got no interest in uh, a Black Templar's army, this this is a superb mini. And we've also seen this week that uh, he comes with a nice shiny helmeted option as well. He does. I think I prefer the, the bear head personally, but it does look cool. Now, it is Warhammer Day on the 8th, but you've got until the 23rd of October to order one. So don't worry if you can't order one straight away on the 8th. So that's pretty cool. Uh, unfortunately, the tech scribes at, at Games Workshop seem to have closed the back door on the, the retail site that normally tells me all the prices. Um, so unfortunately, I, I don't know how much any of this is, like mere mortals before. But um, I don't know. What do we think? About 30 quid, something like that? Yeah, 30 quid sounds about right. Yeah. 
So we've got a number of battle tomes up for pre-order on Saturday. First of all, we've got Lumineth Realm Lords with their third battle tome in, I want to say, three years. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I'm excited to see this because obviously there's a few things that are a bit bust in the previous Lumineth book. So I'm interested to see what they do to, to shuffle them around a little bit. Uh, alongside this, there's a new Vanguard box as well, which has got a unit of Blade Lords, a unit of Wardens, a unit of Sentinels and a Scenari Cathala. So that looks a pretty good box, especially yeah. if you've got the um, the recent battle box against Zeech. You've probably got a fair-sized Lumineth army there, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and as ever, we've got War Scroll cards and dice coming out alongside this one. Now, you know, elves are all well and good, but what I think the majority of people on this podcast today will be more interested in are the Sons of Bayamat. Big old giants. And uh, yeah, uh, the 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 Sunder Bayamat Battle Tome is also up for pre-order on Saturday, and alongside it, there's a new kit, King Brod, that builds any of the Mega Gargants or the new Beast Smasher Mega Gargant. So, I think me and Andy will probably both be ordering two of these to uh, <laughs> the two new variations. Yeah, it's definitely going to be stomp, stomp, stomping its way into my hobby purchases. And stomping its way into my heart, Andy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, King Brod looks amazing, and I can't wait to eat it up. Uh, Man Crushers have also been re-released in two varieties. You can get them by himself, or now in a box of three. Now, it, it was about £40 for a Man Crusher, Andy, I want to say. Um, when it was individually, yeah. And then I think so, it was 75 for two. I've got a suspicion that the Man Crusher mob will be priced the same as the um, start collecting boxes, the, um, the Vanguard boxes, because that is essentially a Vanguard box for the, um, the Sons of Bear map. No, I may be yeah. wrong. I may be wrong, but £80 for three Man Crushers? I'd, I'd, I'd make a guess on that. Again, I don't have the actual prices, unfortunately, um, so we'll find out all together next Saturday. Uh, there's also some Sons of Bear map dice. They've got feet on them. They're really cool. My only complaint is that it isn't a pack of like four massive dice. Yeah. Um, because that'd be pretty cool. So, so lots of cool stuff at Age of Sigma on the way. If you prefer your your battles in the year thirty thousand ish during the Horus Heresy, uh, we have possibly the most nostalgic tank, but to me at least, uh, coming up for pre-order: the Land Raider Proteus. Now you can build it with like an assault ramp. Which you know, it's it's all cool and stuff, but it isn't the Land Raider I remember from my youth. You can build it as the Explorator, which has got the kind of the silhouette of that classic Land Raider from back in the day, uh, and it's beautiful. It is beautiful, and I want like three of these for my um, World Eaters. Um, you two probably don't have the same affinity to the uh, the classic Land Raider, do you? It looks cool. Um, I don't think it's the one for me, um, but it, it, I can't deny it. it's a cool-looking tank. Oh, but I mean, you didn't, you didn't have the nostalgia vibe. You, the Land Raiders didn't look like this when you got into the hobby. Uh, no, no, they didn't. No, I, I, I got into the 40k Land Raider. I mean, this one looks cool, but it kind of looks like a toaster with tracks on the sides. And that's why it's beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, I think this one will appeal to a very specific niche of people who got into Warhammer early days and uh, long for those old 
Land Raiders. I think we're like nine ninety nine at the time as well. Um, there's also some upgrade kits for the World Eaters and the Blood Angels for adding some heresy flavour to your army. So that's pretty cool. Now, speaking of heresy, we've seen over the last few weeks all of the brand new assassins revealed for um, for the new the new book on the way. And this week we found the final new assassin, the Adamus assassin, who is just amazing. It's basically Deadpool, isn't it? He's got a pistol, <laughs> he's got a samurai sword, he's, you know, got an all-in-one suit that you could definitely paint red and black if you wanted to. Um, yeah, it's it's actually a, a, a kind of throwback to another uh, rogue trader era um, assassin model, I believe, which had a, a blade and a gun. Um, yeah, I love this guy. I've really enjoyed all of these assassin models that they've shown off over the last few weeks. Um, I really like the first one. He he was my um, favourite for for a time. Um, however, this guy is probably overtaking him. Like you say, he looks like Deadpool. That's that's no bad thing. Um, I, I want both of them. I I also like the Venom one that we saw was it a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm. he's also pretty cool but the information one i'm terrible at remembering the names uh and this assassin one are definitely my favorites the info clyde yeah he's cool i like the venom Ven- 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 i cannot say it, the venom <laughs> assassin <laughs> um but yeah this I, I i i want them all plus the current plastic ones and just paint all the assassins you can probably only take one and you can probably only take them in a, in a loyalist army but i still want to paint them up anyway i was just about to say do we know if we can take them in loyalist or heretic armies yeah because... so the rules for them are in the new imperium book ah. which suggests that um the false emperor is who they serve and then presumably the uh the forces of the war master will have something that's you know fulfills a similar role but probably more gribbly and demonic let's face it yeah um, who, who needs an assassin when you've got demons eh? exactly exactly so so we'll just hold fire for that um agent of the war master book to come out at some point in the future uh and then we'll show these loyalist pigs who's uh boss andy now there's been a bit of a rumbling on the internet the last few weeks about the leagues of otan um apparently they're pretty good um, and i think there was a little bit of drama where some events had, had, had banned their use despite the fact that some events tend to not allow books until an faq has been out but you know that's beside the point anyway but yeah it seems like the leagues of otan were a little bit on the strong side and games which but put out a pretty quick balance update for them points across the board have gone up uh, in some cases considerably so and some of the mechanics in the book have changed a little bit as well. There was um, Judgment Tokens had an ability where if you hit, they counted as wounding, uh, hit on a certain value, they counted as wounding on a six. And that six would trigger different abilities. So that's changed now, where if you get the, the hit with a Judgment Token, it still auto wounds, but it no longer counts as a six to get that additional benefit. Now, some people have said, oh, but this makes the weapons useless doesn't the weapons are still really really good you just don't get that super duper effect for hitting on a, a three or something when your judgment's maxed out yeah yeah so, I mean, it's not every weapon in the book that does splash damage on a, a an unmodified six to win so it's only a couple of the 
weapons in the actual codex that are have been negatively affected by this but yeah i i, I understand why they changed it i think it's a good change um like i said i think they said in the article and in the video as well that they they didn't want to make they, they still want leagues of otan to be a playable army we still want them to compete so and i think that does that it's still good but it, it definitely does tone some of the shenanigans down a little bit it does and fair play to them they they've impacted their own sales here because it's now cheaper in pounds to buy a leagues of otan army than it was before this dropped and that's before the entire range is available to buy they could have easily let you buy your army and then go, huh, actually, everything's more expensive, so you don't need that second land fortress that you bought. Yeah. And yeah. also, um, I really liked how the, how honest they seemed uh, in in the video. Did you guys watch the video? Yeah. Watch the video, yeah. Yeah, it was a really good video. I like James Workshop. He needs to be in more of their marketing content. He um, does. He does. He's he's He's... Uh, yeah, I, I love his. I, he, I love the videos. Makes, he even makes a joke about he only comes out at Christmas. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, co- co- Codex Zotes have got a two plus invulnerable save, I believe. Codex Zotes. Like <laughs> so I look Do forward to that. You know what that. that does? No, I have no idea what that does. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, great video. Uh, good. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing against the leagues of Otan. When, uh, when, when Jay's painted up his army, I'm gonna throw some demons at them. I think. Because demons don't care about weapons that ignore saves. <laughs> um, so, on the Age of Sigmar side of things, uh, it looks like, obviously, in the next couple of months, I think the launch box out December, the range out in January. But, um, don't quote me on that, but I think that's the plan. Uh, the uh, Slaves of Darkness are on the way. And obviously, we're within that three-month like preview window of January now, so uh, they've started showing off some of the new kits. And one of the ones that they showed off today was a brand new Chaos Knight uh, tooting the hooting with his horn. Um, he looks really cool, doesn't he? He does, yeah. I, I mean, um, it's an interesting reveal um, because he's he's kind of just part of like the command unit. Uh, I'm not trying to take away from the news post, but it sounds like um, you're taking away from the news post, Dave. <laughs> it sounds like, I'm it, sounds like you, it sounds like you're going. Huh, it's just a guy on a horse with a horn. He isn't. This is like a, 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 a chaos knight, a, a warrior of the forces of chaos on a mighty armored steed with possibly the greatest horn in the world. And it sounds yeah. like you're just turning your nose up at that, Dave. Yeah, no, it is cool. And and the, and probably the best part is. Um, in the article itself, they mention that at the moment the only way to get these knights is in the in the uh, start collecting box. But actually, there is um, a separate box coming out which allow you to build the full command unit, including this horn tooting uh, musician. Yeah, he he looks cool. He looks dynamic. I I I I'm gonna have to buy like all of these releases and put together a massive chaos army because. Uh, Lord Bellacore demands it of me, I'm afraid. So yeah, really, really like this. Can't wait to see it now. This weekend just gone was Golden Demon as well. Did you guys see any of the entries online? Uh, I I saw. I think um, Steve Wren posted a load of pictures. Um, so I, I saw a, a few bits and pieces, but I I did see the overall winner, and wow. <laughs> So, well, yeah, that's what I was going to cover. So, um, Chris Clayton won the Slayer Sword for his uh, Kraken Eater Gargan, ripping the head 
off a um what is it called a charybdis um, charybdis that's it it is just phenomenal he's you know a lot of people go have like you know clear resin to do water effects but the way he's got the, the kind of the waves flowing up the things splashing out the water it's just flawless isn't it, it yeah it's an absolutely superb diorama expertly painted a worthy winner in my eyes yeah i'm, I'm really sad i didn't get tickets because i'd have liked to have um entered and also like just seeing all the entries i'm hoping apparently there's going to be some news this week on on next year's golden demon and i kind of hope that obviously with covid and everything out of the way we can finally get games day slash golden demon slash warhammer fest slash whatever they call it back in the um the uh, nec or somewhere just so we've got a bigger capacity so more people can go because i know a lot of people were disappointed because obviously it was in warhammer world and it probably had a capacity of i don't know a couple of hundred maybe a lot of people unfortunately weren't able to go so i hope next year we do get golden demon in a in a higher capacity venue so we can all see the gorgeous painted models in the flesh excellent um quite a bit of uh, nice tasty news in there definitely got my eye on those slaves to darkness on the horizon shouldn't have but have all the same now in a slight change to the running order we're actually going to take a pause and come back with this week's top three before going into the main segment. So uh, don't be confused. We will be back with the top three next. So on to this week's top three. And this week we are going to be talking about our top three tips for hobbying on a budget. We will be reading out the community choices a little bit later on in the show. But for now, we're going to discuss our top threes uh, between us. And I'm going to kickstart us off this week, um, as I have mine open here. Um, and I'm going to start off with my third choice. My third choice is paint what you have. So um, obviously we're all tempted, especially, you, you know, we've just had the new segment. Who's not tempted by a new Slaves of Darkness Army and all this stuff, um, you know, on day one, you know. Yes, there are some limited edition models that you might want to pick up sooner rather than later. But I think the main thing I'm trying to say here is is don't, you know, think you've got to buy the latest thing as soon as it comes out. Have a look at your backlog. You might have something in there, you know, that will scratch a bit of a hobby itch. That Underworld Warband you picked up ages ago at an event or, you know, a special character you picked up on on, on a blister or something. Um you don't have to buy new models to paint. You can it's it's a strange one. You can, you know, scratch that itch by looking through your back catalog. It can all, almost be like picking up a brand new model, can it? Yeah. Absolutely. Um I, I that's what I find with some of my stuff, you know, even if it, it doesn't really turn into a full blown project, it might just, you know, scratch that itch. The the you know, I started painting Infernal Master a few weeks ago, which unfortunately I got delayed with, but I just had that itch instead of going to get a new thousand sun unit, I just had a look to see what I had and and gave that a go. Um so that was my third choice. Um, I tell you what, just to interrupt you, uh, you you remember in twenty twenty when Games Workshop did that random thing where they closed their doors and the web store shut and all that sort of stuff. The dark times, I, the, I remember. The dark the times. I think I painted more of my backlog than I have ever painted ever during that time because i couldn't buy any more models i mean i, I was buying thing, i was buying black market 
<laughs> more than Agrax Earthshade. It was a it was a strange time to be alive. Um, for hobbying on a budget, this was almost my top choice, but it's it's come in at second. Turn to your friends, for they may be able to assist you. Now, I'm very lucky in that I've got you guys as fantastic mates. Um, when it comes to to models between us we, you know we we swap and change models around every now and again um or you know we'll split battle boxes or um starter boxes and stuff like that um which significantly brings the price of the hobby down especially on those battle boxes you mm. know you know if you go out and buy arcane cataclysm it, it's much cheaper if one person pays for half and takes half the contents uh, and the other takes the, the other half um, so absolutely turn to your friends. Also, you know, they're a great second hand market as well. If um, if they've got maybe a project that they kind of rushed into and decided against, um, then why not have a word with them and go, you know, do, do, do you still intend to build those models or can I maybe purchase them off you at sort of mates rates and um, get them painted? It's a great way of hobbying uh, on a budget. And like I say, I'm I'm incredibly looking lucky having you guys um to lead on for that um but it was pipped at first place by quite a simple one and i think i may have um pinched this from matt actually from a previous time we've done something similar to this but it's look after what you already have and by mm. that i mean you'll find or i find one of the biggest expenditures in the hobby isn't sometimes the models it's the stuff that you use so i'm talking primarily brushes um get yourself a decent brush cleaner might be a little bit of an expense to start out with but it will extend the life of your brushes which can almost be like a five or a brush or more at times um you know you don't want to keep buying a brush every time you paint a new unit for example you know just take those few extra minutes at the end of your painting session just to clean your brushes um be careful with them don't just like throw them on your hobby desk you know, get yourself a nice little pot. I mean, I just use an old, uh, all my um, paintbrushes are in an old um, jar, but it, it keeps them all, you know, they're not just strewn across the desk. They're all together. Um, your glue, make sure you put your caps back on your glue so you're not constantly having to buy plastic or, or super glue. Um, same goes with PVA glue. Keep all your um, materials together, all your basing stuff. Um, just to try and save a bit of money that way. Um, I don't know if any of you guys can add to that. Yeah, and I'd also say, for me, brush is your most important thing. I would always spend a little bit more and invest in a decent brush that will last you, you know, years, rather than go through multiple cheap brushes that you're gonna have to replace every time you paint something. Some of the, some of some of the brushes. They'll be really flayed and you can't get a point. And you'll find that it'll take you longer to paint something because you're trying to be careful with this really tatty old brush. But if you have a decent brush that's got a point all the time, you'll paint quicker because you're not having to try and manoeuvre the stray bristles out of the way of things. Um, and again, part of that is it's, it's keep them clean, use brush cleaner, uh, Masters or Instar. There's a, there's a few different uh, options for that. Um paint make sure that you, you you seal them up sometimes there'll be a bit of a icky residue if you've not if the the paint's kind of dripped from the lid onto the kind of the rim of it if you let that dry then peel it off the the pot will shut airtight and that will keep your paint long yeah 
Mm. Um, where if you leave that gloop on there, what you'll find is that air will get into the pot and it will start to dry out. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, you know, when you when you sort of clean your brushes, don't don't put a really wet brush into your your pots or, or start mixing colours because it'll just ruin your pot, um, and you'll have to go and get a new one. Um, so so yeah, just look after the hobby materials that you have. Um, will you know save you buying um, multiples uh, of the same paints and brushes. Um, quite a straightforward top three from me. Um, shall we go to you next, Andy? What what was your top three? Um, so I've I've gone for a slightly different approach. Um, I've gone for more of a sort of gaming aspect of saving money. So my my third choice is to is to play smaller games like Incursion or Kill Team. And for me, I found that especially with like Kill Team, for example, instead of running out and doing a full-blown Chaos Space Marine army when, you know, Chaos Space Marines came out, which, don't get me wrong, I was really tempted to do and super proud of myself for not doing yet, um, is I went and bought myself the Legionnaire's box. And playing Kill Team, you know, I built my models, primed them, and, and just started playing straight away, like, just with that. And gradually, over time, I'm starting to add more colours and et cetera, et cetera. And I don't have to paint a full-blown Chaos Space Marine army to start playing Chaos Space Marines, if that makes sense. And it also gives you the opportunity to paint, A, something that's potentially different to what you're normally painting, but also to to, to get a tester for what an army will be like. Yeah. Um, one of the other kill teams that I'm going to be working on fairly soon is the Death Guard kill team. And for that, you know, if you go pox walkers, you need like eight pox walkers, which isn't too much. And plague marine wise, I think you need like two or three plague marines. You know, you don't need a lot of plague marines in a kill team. And that way I can paint some death guard without having to commit to a full blown army. And the, the big one playing uh, smaller games like incursion and stuff, you know, being a part of the purple sparky unicorns. The only 40k events I've been to in the last sort of year and a half have been Crusade events at Warhammer World, which have been like 50 power level, or Purple Sparkly Unicorn events, like one dayers and stuff, but I've only been a thousand points. So I kind of look at 40k now in the sense that I'm like, do I really need a 2000 point army? Because for the last 18 months, I've not gone to a 2000 point event. Like, don't get me wrong, it's always good to have an army that you can just, you know, have access to. And if your mates go to a 2000 point event, you can, you know, you can jump in with it and stuff. But I'm looking at my Chaos Knight army and I'm thinking to myself, realistically, I don't need more than a thousand points of Chaos Knights because I'm not going to use more than a thousand points of Chaos Knights realistically. So that's my third choice. My second choice, and this one's one that in principle i think works well um <laughs> from my own personal experience it, it's been okay and that is play the same army for that game system for about three months and for some people that's really difficult and at first it was difficult for me but playing like my sons of bear mat now i think i've played sons of bear mat now for the entirety 
of third edition Age of Sigmar. I haven't played a different army in Age of Sigmar yet, which is probably something I need to remedy. Um, oh no, that's a lie. I've played Bone Reapers and some Ogres, but you know, moving on. Um, yeah, play the same army for three months and only add new units to it to make adjustments. So if you're playing like Osteot Bone Reapers, you know, prime example, you might look at Mortec Guard and think, oh yeah, two units of 20, that's solid, that's perfectly fine. I've got five Death Riders, that's fine. You play 10 games or whatever, you go to a couple of events and you just think to yourself, five Death Riders, they're not doing anything for me, right? So then you drop them, you buy another box of Mortec Guard, you only paint 10 of them up, okay, that's my third battle line unit and I've got some points now for an endless spell or whatever, you know, and playing that same army for three months or playing that same army at a couple of events, for example, it allows you to learn your army. It allows you to get better with your army. And it means you don't have to necessarily have a deadline. And for me, you know, going into like motivation, one of the things that I really don't like is having to paint models and units and stuff with a deadline don't get me wrong some people enjoy that because you know it it forces you to to build and paint those models but you know fine fair enough um but for me personally like having my sons of bear my army just having that ability to go to a 2000 point age of sigma army i don't have to worry about building and painting anything i can just take that army yeah i'm good to go um so yeah play play the same army for a couple of months or a couple of events and that way you can paint whatever you want. You can clear, you know, your backlog or you can work on a new army slowly, gradually over the course of, you know, a couple of months rather than trying to buy it all in one go and rush it all in one go sort of thing. So that's my second choice. And my first choice is one that I kind of got from Jay. And we've we've joked on the on the podcast previously that um, Jay has had a Solia Exilia army in his basket on Forge World just to add it all up and see how much it would cost and stuff like that. So my first choice is to keep stuff in a in a cart for 24 hours just to double check if you want slash need it or whether it's just impulse and for me, prime example, I was looking at um, the Crusade supplement books that we brought out over the last sort of like two years or so. And I saw a couple of them on Element Games and they're like 25 quid a pop at a minute. And I thought to myself, you know what? They're selling out really quickly. You can't buy them anymore. So I added two of them to cart. Well, that's like 45 pound, effectively 45, 50 quid. And I thought to myself, am I buying this? Because I've got that, what call, people call FOMO, but, you know, that fear of missing out. Am I buying this because I, I'm I'm scared of not being able to buy it? Or am I buying it because I actually want it and I'm going to get you know, my money's worth out of it? And I kept it in my cart for 24 hours, came back next day, went to work, came back. And I was like, you know what? I don't want it. And I saved myself some money that way. I mean, I, I did think maybe you know, the top choice for saving yourself some money is, you know, don't buy stuff and paint stuff you've got. But let's face it, we're hobbyists. That's not what we do. <laughs> I think that's a, a really, really sound 
um, top choice there, Andy. Uh, having it in your basket for 24 hours, um, I think that's a really good call. I honestly do. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at some things and like, especially like you touched on it, Dave, where you don't have to buy something the day it comes out, right? Like you, you can wait a couple of weeks, you can wait a couple of months, realistically. You know, like the Disciples of Zinch Battletoad that went up pre-order, pre-order. Uh, what was it? Not this weekend, the weekend previously, and I ordered it. It, it hasn't turned up because of you know issues with mail and stuff like that at the minute. But I'm not that fussed, and I'm kind of looking at it now and thinking to myself, do I have any intention of playing my Disciples of Zinch Army in the next? two to three weeks no probably not so i didn't need to buy it realistically for the next two to three weeks no no you're right um yeah excellent top three and i liked you one on the um gaming as well i mean we've been playing a lot of smaller there is something fun about a massive game but yeah quick fire small games are also uh, a, a lot of fun and and not as much of a time or, or money sink um, in getting those models for those games uh, that just leaves one of us left to discuss their top three. Matt, what what, what have you got jotted down? Well, my number three choice is, is uh, it would be an obvious one to a lot of people listening, but, you know, some people only buy things directly from Games Workshop, and that is use third-party sites. So, such as Element Games, use our affiliate link to help the podcast out as well. Uh, you can save on average about 20% off the models and across an army. That's quite a lot of money, isn't it? Uh, yeah. you, you know, it's it's especially since you tend to get that discount on all the big bundle boxes too, um, you're talking like an extra unit you can afford by going through those sites. Um, you know, it, it is nice. You know, I, I, I bought stuff in store. It's nice to be able to buy it in store, have it there in your hands. But if you're happy to wait for like the next day most of the time, you can save a big chunk, you know, especially say if you're buying a, how much is a, a night these days? About £100. So if you can get that for yeah. £50 of element, you know, that's that's twenty pounds in your pocket then, isn't it? Well, I bought the um really? leagues of uh, Votan army box set, and with some crystals and stuff like that, it came to about eighty four pound. Bargain, yeah, no, that's really good. So, so yeah, yeah, you're not having it in your hands straight away, but realistically, you're building it that day that you're gonna have it. So just order it online for for discount, and you'll save yourself some money there, especially with them. Um, paints and and brushes and stuff often i know elements certainly do like army deals as well where you actually get a little bit more because it'll be a little bespoke start an army collection however that leads me nicely into point number two and i think you often fall foul of this one day and it is plan your army before you buy it work out the units that you want to have what works together don't necessarily buy boxes because they're cheaper quote marks Sometimes the cheapest way to buy an army is not to even buy a stock collecting box or a Vanguard box or a combat patrol box if you're not using every single model in that box. Mm. Because really, factoring discount from a third-party site, you could probably get similar savings on the bits that you do want. And what you'll find is that you spend, you'll try and save money in the long run but if I spend a little bit less and get in a force that works using those bundle boxes, you have some games and then you realise, yeah, this is rubbish. I actually need those decent units. And now you've got to buy the units that you wanted to buy in the first place but didn't because you're trying to save money. And then over the long run, you spent more on your army than if you just sat down with the book, work out the units that you want to get, 
and then and then buy them. And you don't have to buy it all in one go either. You can you can buy you know, say you start off getting an infantry unit that coincidentally you can also use a Warcry and start playing some small games of Warcry, and then add a hero and another infantry squad, and you can start getting towards your small you know. 500 point games, 1000 point games and slowly grow the army like that. You're not going to be able to paint it all in in, in a weekend. No. Realistically. I, this so is there's no need to buy 2000 points straight away. This is something I think I am getting better at because the Skaven is a good example. I've only just picked up the last remaining parts I needed for the army, the Vermin Lord and the weapons team. Um I planned out each different size game that we're playing over the weekend. So I know what I need to, to have painted. My next 40k army um, is probably going to be the guard. And I intend to do the same with them. So I, I tend to, you know, I'll be looking at that first 50 power level. What do I need to have built and painted? Then I'll go up um, to the next scale, the next scale, until eventually I've got 2,000 points um, that I can play. Um but yeah, you're right. I did fall, and I, I I do tend to see these start collecting boxes and think that's a great way to start. When actually, you're right. I'm probably not. You know, I might not use a quarter, or maybe net worth a half of the box um, past the first week. See, my first ever army I ever fully built and painted was a, a Necron army for 40k. And this is back in the day where 1500 points was like the, the, the large game. And I started off by doing 500 points. I'd play a couple of games in my like local games workshop at the time. And then I sort of built up to 750. And then I built up to 1000. And then I built up to 1500 points like to, towards the end. And what I was finding was once you get that initial 500 points built and painted, yeah, it's dead quick and easy to play a 500-point game, you know, if you've played a couple before. You learn what you want from the army and what units you want going to that 750-point level. And that, for me, is such a good way of doing it because then you're motivated to paint the models that you have. You're not overwhelming yourself. You learn the rules. You learn your army, et cetera, et cetera. It's just a great – for me, personally, it's a great way of collecting yeah, and I completely agree. And and this is where Crusade and Path of Glory come into themselves because you can really kind of combine that with a with obviously the situation's a little bit different for us, isn't it? You know, we do we do the website, we we want to produce content. We um obviously you know, we're a very lucky position where we get stuff sent from Games Workshop, but again, it's a balancing act on doing your own hobby and doing website stuff, isn't it? Like yeah. um, you know, you've been focused on the Skaven and, and obviously you've alluded to you've paused a little bit to work on something else dave and it's just balancing those two um i i i know i can probably knock out the rest of my night horn in a week so I, i've given myself a little bit more time to work on website stuff but obviously not everyone's in that situation where you have to have it painted for a deadline so why not start a crusade with your friends start it at 25 power you have some really fun games of um 40k at 25 power Get that built and painted up in between you. Put it on a WhatsApp group. Share your pictures of your painted models. And you've got a bit of a, a tale of gamers going on. So for, for younger listeners who, who don't know, Tale of Gamers was a series that started in White Dwarf back in the Paul Sawyer days, I think, um, where they had four members of the White 
Wolf's team slowly building up an army over the course of a number of different issues. And there's been a few iterations of it over the years. And I think some of the, the Warhammer TV guys have done something similar. But it, it works really well. We, we've stolen the idea. Normally, we tend to do a couple of armies a year, don't we, guys, for the website? And on average, over six months, you can start painting up a couple of units a month. And then by the time you hit that midpoint of the year, you've got an army ready. We we didn't do one last year, but we tend to do a, a 40k one for six months and an AOS one for six months. And what you'll find is that you don't have to drop a couple hundred quid in one go in the army. You can pick up a unit or two at a time, paint them up, take your time doing them. And then with Crusade and Path of Glory, you can get some games in while you're doing that. And like Andy says, that'll inform your future decisions as well. Uh, and I, so, yeah. Yeah. I think it, it, painting an army can get very arduous if you're never seeing the tabletop with them mm. um so yeah try and get those small games in um i think i was starting to feel like a little bit with the skaven until i took on um chief of the unicorns craig a few weeks ago that almost well it did fire me back up for the skaven if i'm honest um because you you're doing all this like theory hammering your head and you're list building and stuff and you building and painting these models but until you see them on the tabletop and you're rolling dice with them you can't really get a feel of how they're going to play uh, and i think i had reached a point where i was like it feels like i've been preparing this game an army forever and um, but then i actually had a game with them and i was like oh my gosh i want to get back painting them um so yeah and also if you are in a bit of a gaming group and, and maybe you're you're a mat and you paint pretty quickly um it just you know just because like you know you, you, some of your friends might be good but so put a bit of narrative behind your units especially if you're playing games with them um if you find that one of your characters is doing particular well uh and, and you're a bit ahead on the old painting do a bit of writing towards him add a bit of narrative give him a name give him a bit of a backstory um there's lots you can do and that costs uh, nothing Imagine I used, it costs nothing i used to call my necron overlord gundolf because we went to um, Warhammer World and there's like um, a big bridge on one of the boards. And basically he stood on the board on um, this bridge and this Eldar army basically wiped out his retinue. And it was just him left. And I was just like, you shall not pass. <laughs> so I called him Gundolf. And for like five years afterwards, he was called Gundolf. Did he die, Andy? You know what? I don't remember, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> there you go. So, so yeah, so, so plan your army, plan your purchases, and we'll creep into a little bit of that in the next segment as well, won't we? But my number one, and I think Dave, you touched on this earlier, is paint your unpainted armies. Everybody, everybody's got unpainted miniatures. Everybody's got projects they've picked up and put to one side. And yeah, the, the way the hobby works and the rotation of army boxes, what may have not been the hotness last time round is actually really good this time round so you never know in your collection you might have some units that are actually now really good in the latest book and mm. are out of stock on the website because everybody's trying to buy them um you know i've got i i i i, I can paint pretty quickly but i've got loads of models that are, are, are not painted i've got stuff that's not even built i've got the contents of the dominion box that has been waiting for a rainy day um and I really want to kind of paint them up with a different colour scheme. And I guess I'm going to go for a 0.5 here. Is 
you don't have to buy everything and don't I guess don't be a victim of, of feeling like you're gonna miss out by not buying something. The the model is as painted in the box on the shelf in your local games workshop as it is in the box in the shelf in your pile of potential. Um, you know, it's I, I've got I mean in this room around me I've got lots of boxes that are, are unbuilt and I could have saved some money and just buy them later on when I'm ready to paint them. Yeah. You know, it's it, don't feel you have to buy everything straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, good shout. Um, absolutely good shout. And actually, I want to add just one final point. Um, and this is something that I'm hoping is going to be a hobby resolution for next year. Um, plan out your painting. Um, and especially look through your backlog and make sure you include some of those in that planning schedule. And you might find yourself not having to pick up any models because you've got enough to fill your schedule. And it's also fun. So, yeah, there's, there's yeah. Another, little, another little one. Um, I mean, we've probably segue, segue into just general kind of like hobby budget tips here. I know we've done our top threes, but I think there's lots of other stuff that we can we can touch on. You know, it's if if you want to, you know, get a taster for an army. Why not just pick up a character? We, we, you've done this in the past, haven't you, Dave? Where mm. you, you've been on the fence about doing an entire army, but you don't actually know if you're going to enjoy painting those models because you can love the or you can love what the models look like and, and love the army, but if you just detest painting those models and find it arduous and and a real kind of drag, isn't it better to just pick up a hero and paint him up first rather than spending? 200 300 pounds an entire army picking up the brush and then deciding that actually you really don't like painting them yeah absolutely. yeah I, I i found that with kill team i mean i'm looking at the um course uh void guard corsairs i always get the name wrong on them it annoys mm. me the void guards corsairs and i'm thinking to myself am i realistically going to go out and buy an elder army tomorrow no probably not but looking at those corsairs it gives me a opportunity to to try painting um like jewels and and all these sort of intricate details and you know all these different types of weapons because you don't necessarily have to paint them you know metallic you know you can paint them bone and all this sort of stuff and play around with with that painting them because i've always wanted to do um, a drukari army you know if i ever do a drukari kill team that would be the first thing that i pick up for that exact reason just to build and paint it and see how I feel. I've got um, a couple of really good examples. I think the best example of of what Matt's describing was when I went through my Slanesh phase. So um, I suddenly... Everyone, the... everyone has a Slanesh phase in college days. <laughs> <laughs> Warhammer-related Slanesh phase, where I, um, I don't know, one week I just thought, that it'd be a fantastic army to play they're really quick they've got some amazing very unique models the keeper of secrets is is one of the greatest great demon models available um so um you know going back to our top three i bought quite a bit from from matt and i picked up some more from other unicorns and i had suddenly i had this ton of models in front of me that all needed painting um, and then there were two things that, that, that kind of the initial bad taste was I think I painted a couple of demonettes and 
they were pretty quick, but I don't know if I really enjoyed it. And then because we were in COVID at the time, if if we weren't during, if we weren't in COVID, I would have had a, an actual game with the models I had, unpa- you know, unpainted, but had a small game with with either one of you guys or, or Jay. But as it was, we were kind of in lockdown, so we used Tabletop Simulator, and we 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 had a game. I think it was me and you, wasn't it, Matt? It was. It was. I used my my tried and trusted um, Archeon and Vanguard list. That I like to think I'm pretty good with that list. I can, you know. Yeah. I can win games of Warhammer with that, which is a rarity. Um, and you were using, um, you, you, you were using the yes, yeah, so you'd put together, weren't yeah. you? Yeah, and I, I know it's different playing it on a, a simulator game rather than on the tabletop. Um, but actually, it did me a massive favour because um, I realised actually I don't think this is the army for me, um, and stopped me from. I mean, I'd already gone quite deep into the army which was a big mistake really um i should have started small got a unit of demons finished or whatever instead of just suddenly finding myself with this almost like i think i had over i probably had about 1500 points at one point completely unpainted in front of me and um, which i didn't need to um and in the end that 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 project ended i didn't progress any further with it so yeah, absolutely. You, you want to kind of start small, get a get a small game in, and um, and go from there. What do you guys think of um, getting some like salvage lots off eBay? So poorly painted models that you could do a bit of work stripping them and getting back into order, but you can often get a considerable discount doing that. So I, I as as a rule of thumb, I typically don't buy stuff secondhand unless it's sort of like new in box on sprue because for me personally i i like that building the models priming them then painting i like the start to finish aspect of it so picking up something even if it's let's say you get it for 25 quid and it's 30 quid in the shop even though you're saving a fiver for me personally i'd rather just pick up the, the box for 30 quid and and build it and paint it myself sort of thing okay let me let me let me play devil's advocate then what if it was a hundred pounds worth of stuff in terrible condition for 20 quid would you would you take a punt to see if you can rescue any of it no (laughs) oh okay so i've often done that i've often done that and you know what there's been some real gems i found in lots like that you know yes that have been you know painted in, in in you know really thick paint and and, and it's just a box of, of, of rubbish in the picture. You can't tell what's in there. And I picked up some lots where there's been some stuff that I've, you know, stripped, painted up, you know, really, really nice stuff. And it is it is a bit of a gamble because you might just end up with a box of rubbish that you don't want to use. But, um, yeah, often there are some gems in there. You go, Dave, you, you're going to say similar on that way, yeah? Uh, yeah, if you offered me that deal, um, Matt, I would, I would snap it up. I've got quite a few kind of old miniatures. Um, my guard's probably a good example, actually. I've got some guard models in front of me that are... Whew, they, I mean, I couldn't even tell, give you a year. I think they were originally Jays back when we were at the beginning of college, maybe. Maybe the end of high school. Um, and I've um, repainted a couple of them. Uh, and, okay, maybe on some of them I've lost a little bit of the detail because they've been potentially painted twice by jay and now a third time by me 
Um, but they're, they're they're still good models. You know, you can still you can still get that detail. Um, I'm absolutely, you know, if you go to a car boot and stuff, you could probably pick up some right bargains. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a local, um, what's it called? The the, the train um, museum thing in Crow Heritage, Heritage Centre. And they often do a, a, a kind of a, a kind of um, toy car boot sale thing. And you often get Warhammer stuff there that is um, pretty good prices. I, back when I went to uni in Liverpool, and one of my all-time best finds was um, both volumes of um, of uh, Lost in the Damned and Slave to Darkness, the big old uh, the original source books for for Warhammer, which introduced the chaos stuff. And I think I got them both for tenner in total. Oh, wow. And some of those originals go for silly money on eBay. So it it saves to you know keep keep your eye open in unexpected places. I think I bought some old Metal Tau um, that way. And also, I bought an official Warhammer carry case with uh, the foam. Okay, so some of the foam had been sort of ripped out and, and moved about from obviously the stuff that the previous owner uh, was transporting. But I think I like, picked up an official carry case for like less than less than four pounds it might have been three pounds or something three pounds for a case that's really good yeah so uh, 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 the, the, the bad thing is it's getting harder to do these now because people are getting a bit more savvy you can just stick it into googling and okay i'll just sell it on google on ebay it's easier um but you know you can, you can still get somebody maybe clearing out their kids collection they're just taking it to a car boot or or, or you know selling it on, on facebook and i'm talking about you know rip, ripping people off with it um you know obviously if if somebody is is selling it on on Facebook and they don't know what they're selling it, you know, give them a give them a decent price offer for it first. But um, yeah, you can often get stuff that maybe somebody started a project and they don't want to finish it, or they're going to need some work stripping it and and get it much cheaper. Now I do agree with Andy. As a rule, generally, I, I, building models is part of the hobby for me, and I enjoy doing that. But but certainly old old metals and stuff that you can easily stick in some detail and scrub. Um, I, I would recommend not painting over painted models because that is just going to obscure the detail and look yuck. Um, so just get a pot of detail, put them, let them soak in there 24 hours, give them a soap with a uh, scrub with a toothbrush, and then put them in a different pot and, and wash it off with water. They'll be good as new and there won't be any loss of detail. So that's, that's pro tip on recycling metal models. I wouldn't do that on resin ones or plastic because it might melt the detail. Uh, your mileage may vary, of course. Yeah, there's um, I think there's a product called BioStrip. Um, that bizarrely enough, I think Element Games sell, and it's got like um a green sort of logo around the edge, and that's perfect for like resin and plastic miniatures for stripping it, and it smells like cherry bakewell as well. <laughs> so just for reminding you of your times at Warhammer World. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that, that segues nicely into our other main section, doesn't it, Dave? It does indeed. So why don't we take a slight pause and we'll be right back. <laughs> so with this week's top three out of the way, and as Matt quite rightly said, it, it kind of took us quite nicely into this main segment. And it's actually um, a subject that Andy brought up last week. Uh, after we'd finish, uh, finished um, recording episode 203. So, Andy, can I pass the mic over to you? Can you um, take it from here? Of course. Um, so 
I, I watched a YouTube video that I thought was incredibly interesting and it got me thinking, looking at my pile of potential, why we purchase our hobby purchases? You know, why do we buy what we buy in this hobby? And when I sort of like got down to the nitty gritty of it, I was just like, wow, it's like there's so many different reasons why we buy what we buy. And the first thing to sort of really jump in with is what kind of hobbyist are you? You know, are you a painter? Are you a gamer? Are you a collector? Because those three different categories for me personally really do explain why I've purchased a lot of those models that are sat on my shelf or in my display cabinet or in my really useful storage boxes in my cupboard, you know. And there's definitely some models that I, as a hobbyist, buy just to paint. You know, you're looking at that Black Templar with the orc on its base. You know, we said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, I think all three of us want to pick that up. I don't really have any intentions of doing a Black Templar on me this year, realistically. But I would love to build that model just to paint it and have it in my display cabinet next to you. I mean, I'm I'm guessing that you guys are pretty much the same. Like you've definitely got models that you have bought, built and painted just to put in a display cabinet. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I... I've got models that you'd never really use in a realistic game. I've got, I've got Titans. I've got the big corn dragon. Yeah, I've used them in games, but they're not. I guess they're not a normal purchase. They were they were they were bought to build up and paint and use as a display piece. And I guess a lot of that goes to all those big Forge World kits, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at a lot of Forge World, and uh, for me personally, especially like the Middle Earth Forge World stuff, that for me is. You look at the Dragon Emperor. Dragon Emperor is one of those models that I just look at. And if I didn't have any interest in collecting Eastlings, it's still a model that I would love to build and paint. Um, as a gamer, um, you know, you look at the Incarnate of Gur. I mean, the Incarnate of Gur is quite an interesting one because for me personally, I picked it up because it was cheap. You know, it was only 30 quid and it's 400 points effectively of every army in Age of Sigmar. You know, it's a fifth of every army in Age of Sigmar. I mean, you look at like Kragnos and Gotrek, same sort of principle. You know, Kragnos is 720 points of every single destruction army. Nagash, you know, I bought Nagash back in um, January as like a hobby treat for myself for running a two-day Purpose Barker Unicorn event, which I can't believe is still this year, but it was. And at the beginning of the year, I bought myself Nagash as like a present to myself for for doing that but i i bought him because i was painting bone reapers and i thought to myself you know what he's a thousand points of every death army effectively and there's not a huge amount of models that you can really say like that can you no absolutely it's uh, (laughs) there's there's i guess there's an element of we said earlier about planning out and, and, and kind of getting your, your list before you buy an army, but they're certainly in both systems now. Take Chaos Knights, for example. You get a Chaos Knight, you can add it to any Chaos Force. And that, you know, if you think when we got into the hobby, that those kind of things would be a, um, you know, a Christmas present item, wouldn't it? But yeah. now, obviously, we're, we're looking at, you know, we've got jobs and we can buy stuff ourselves. Um, and you've got to think a lot of people kind of, 
not everybody's experience of the hobby is the same and, and, and what they can get. So the fact that they've got more things like this where you can get this and it can cover multiple four I think that's a good thing myself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you look at GoTrek. GoTrek is I think he's now like five hundred and twenty points. He's 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 around that points limit. He's like twenty quid. You know, <laughs> you know. And I, I bought and built and painted don't get me wrong, I love dwarfs, so that's why I bought built and painted him. But I also looked at him and was like, that's a quarter of every order army in Age of Sigma. You know, if I want to do I don't know if Deacon, I only have to paint 1500 points now. And that's not as big of a investment as, you know, buying a 2000 point army of Iden if Deacon and stuff. So, you know, uh, that that's kind of like the collector in me. You know, I, I bought the Osseo Bone Reaper Christmas box set last year. I haven't built and painted anything from it, but I looked at that and thought to myself, I've got a Gothasar Harvester. I want a second one because there's two different weapon options, right? There's the bludgeons and the sickles. I want one of each. You know, we've got um, a catapult. You know, I want two realistically because, you know, there's a artillery battalion. You know, I want two. So, again, that box set gave me that second one. You know, the um, necropolis stalkers, I've got two units of three built and painted, but I wanted something more to scard. And that box gave me those extra and more discard. So as a collector, I think you look at like those start collecting boxes and those Christmas bundle boxes and stuff like that. And for me personally, I look at that and think, okay, the only other thing I want for my Bone Reaper army after that is Catacross and maybe some more Death Riders. And that's about it, you know. And, And so you look at those sort of boxes. And for me personally, as a collector, I think the value for money is double what I paid for it because for me as a collector, I like having a unit of every type in a book. And you look at like um, leagues of Votan, right? Prime example. There's only like 12 units in the book at the minute. So now is like the perfect opportunity. If you want to do leagues of Votan army of buying, building and painting one of every unit in that, codex and then that way when they get a second wave you're not having to add tons of leagues of votan stuff you're only having to add a couple of new units here and there mm. so that's kind of like the the first thing i wanted to talk about was what kind of hobbyist are you because that can really dictate what you you buy um you touched on it previously just then matt budget you know i i i'm quite fortunate in the sense that my hobby budget is about 100 to 150 a month. And I try to keep in that budget. Um, and that includes everything from paints, glues, models, white dwarfs, everything. You know, when Warhammer Plus subscription came out, that was like 50 quid. That came out of that hobby budget. And I try to, to keep to that, not only to limit the amount of money I'm spending on the hobby, but also to limit the amount that's going into my backlog and to limit the amount of, I don't want to say stress, but uh, there's sort of like that negative feeling of having so much hobby to do that you feel compelled. You have to actually do it. Yeah. You know, ultimately we do this hobby for, for, for fun, right? We do it for happiness, you know, to, to bring joy to our lives, et cetera, et cetera. And if it starts to get to that stage where you are not happy with how much you've got to build and paint, 
maybe get rid of some of it, you know, <laughs> like sell it on, make some money, you know, when um, jumping back into COVID back in 2020, back when we were all in lockdown, I sold tons of my old projects that I just wasn't using, wasn't happy with, whatever. And I used that money to buy myself some um, battle foam magna racks. And I bought the 720, which for the most part is big enough to carry pretty much any 2000 point army for Age of Sigmar. And depending on what I take, 2000 point armies for 40k as well. And then I bought myself the 432 because it was more appropriate for like 1000 point gains. And it also fits on um, handheld luggage on airplanes and stuff as well. So, you know, future proofing it. If I ever want to go to Adepticon, I, I got that money from selling older projects as well so your budget ultimately is like one of those big things that you have to think about right um the other thing is ease of painting or you know how you feel about painting um yeah one of my favorite armies in any game system well i say any game system age signal 40k is nurgle i i love nurgle i love nurgle demons Maggotkin, like the the mortal version, I'm a I, I don't enjoy them quite as much as the demon stuff. But the demon stuff for me is super easy to paint. You know, you spray it Death Guard, wash it Aphonian Camo Shade, dry brush Nurgle and Green, and then it's just a case of picking out all the pustules and guts and all that sort of stuff. But for the most all the part, fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, all the fun stuff, right? Yeah, um, and then you just slap on some uh, Nurgles right onto the base, done, right? And for me, I look at that sort of army and I think to myself, you know what, I could paint tons of Nurgle Demons, like 2,000 points, that's nothing. You know, I, I could do that quite casually, quite relaxing, no problem. And I don't think I've ever really had any painting experience quite like painting Demons of Nurgle, where it almost felt effortless, right? Like it was dead easy. I, I've had it in the past where I've done like fleshy courts with the same sort of mentality where it's literally just been base coat wash, dry brush, and then you pick out some small details. And, and again, it was effortless. Like it was so nice and relaxing to paint. Like I felt like as a collector, I was like, right, okay, planning army lists. I'm like, right, okay, I want 15 crypt flares, right? And then two crypt flare courtier guys. But I want like two big units of crypt horrors and all this sort of stuff. And I, in my head, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's going to be dead quick and easy to paint. You know, no problem. I didn't think about the financial cost over it you know, or anything like that. I just felt I could easily paint this army. And the same thing with Ossia Bone Reapers. One of the things that really appealed to me about Bone Reapers was I feel like I can paint an army of them dead quick. So my first ever 40K army was a Necron army. And that was because I could paint or felt like I could actually finish painting that army. And, yeah. you know, you look at some of our armies, you know, Chaos Space Marines, Death Guard, right? Primary example, Death Guard. So many details on that. But if you sort of get it down to its basic and you do sort of like batch painting and, you know, you go, right, OK, I've got a week. I've got 21 Plague Marines every day. I'm going to do a different stage on all 21. It might be a bit of a chore doing certain stages, but other stages will be dead quick. You know, it's it's nice and easy once you sort of nail it down. So ease of painting is definitely a big factor in terms of why we buy what we buy, or at least it is for me. And then 
there's a few of us, you know, we talked about the value of money, you know, you look at Christmas boxes, start collecting boxes, you get a discount, right? Again, especially if you go to like Element Games, you know, I mentioned um, the Leaguers of Votan Army box set, you know, I, that I think was like £96 at the Element Games discounted price. And then with crystals and stuff, it came to about £84 for me. And for me, that's like 84 quid for about 200 quids worth of stuff. You know, it's a huge saving. That is a really good saving. And I love dwarfs. I, I played fantasy dwarfs for all of 8th edition fantasy. And I haven't really played them in Age of Sigmar. And so now that they brought them out in 40k, I'm like, okay, dwarfs with guns and spaceships. Sweet. <laughs> you know, this is the army for me at some point, you know. And again, going back to sort of like our top three, when I said, you know, playing smaller games and stuff, I'm looking at that Leagues of Votan army box set. And for £84 or whatever it is, um, I've got about six to 700 points, you know, depending on the the new points update from the balance data slate and stuff like that. I only really have to add maybe a transport and some terminators or the Ein Her Hearthguard or thing they're called. I've got an army. Yeah, I've got a thousand points. I've, that, you know, that's an army because I'm only building it to a thousand points. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So value for money obviously is is super important. You know, I talked about Kragnos and Gotrek and Nagash and stuff like this. You know, these models that cost a lot of points, which is ultimately a good thing because it means you have to buy less to get your stuff on the table. Yeah, they are big centerpiece models and you might want to take your time with them and stuff like that. But, you know, you look at Nagash, right? Nagash is a prime example and I'm so happy I bought it. Don't get me wrong. I will get around to painting him probably next in January. So I would have had him for a year, but I will get around to painting him. He has a thousand. Well, he's 880 points, I think, at the minute. Sounds about right. And that is 880 points of every single death army, right? For 60 quid. Effectively, I think I bought him 63, 75 or whatever he was. That is such good value for money for what you get out of him. Yeah, he might not be the best in game, but in terms of value for money, that's almost unparalleled in in the game. I mean, Matt, you, you chat about um, the Chaos Knight, you know, being able to use it in multiple armies. Well, I've got a, mm. a spare Chaos Knight, but I'm not going to use him at 1000 point thoughts but i'm thinking about building painting for world eaters just so i've got a close combat world eater chaos knight and that for me is yeah exactly you know blood for blood god you know (laughs) all that sort of stuff but yeah for me personally value for money is is a huge thing you know again the incarnate of gur right yeah it might be slightly over the top in some cases but for 30 quid or i think i bought it for 25 from element 25 quid for a fifth of every single age of sigma army is a bargain <laughs> you know it's, it's a bargain that can't go and missed in my in my eyes um and then the last two i want to talk about is the the impulse slash new hotness factor which also couples with the fomo factor so the fear of missing out so we talked about it previously in the show. When you see those pre-orders go up, for me personally, I look at it and I think, right, what do I want to buy? What do I need to buy? Right. You know, and again, looking at sort of like the the 
the pre-orders for um you know la- the previous week with disciples and zinch i looked at that and thought to myself you know what i could do with that star collecting box or that vanguard box set because i want everything in that box i want the battle tome i want i mean i don't want the dice but you know i want some other stuff as well and it quickly added up and i sort of looked at it and was like oh my god that's my hobby budget gone in a week you know and then i thought to myself well i can buy the battle tome i can start planning out lists i can start writing it and start sort of seeing what i want to add you know do i want to just buy a box of kyrak acolytes and then i've got two battle line with my pink horrors that i've already got you know and and just start playing it that way you know i don't need to run out and buy that vanguard box at day one i can buy it in three or four months time you know i can buy it in two years time provided they're still selling it which i assume they will and uh, you know that that's that impulse sort of buy you know i mean i even joked on the podcast a couple of weeks ago but i slipped and fell into adding a leagues of votan army box set <laughs> yeah <laughs> it wasn't an accident it was definitely impulse but it wasn't an accident and um, yeah i think was well, well yeah it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> It, it it was that impulse. I mean, again, and I'm going to ask you this both now, and I want you to answer honestly. Whenever you go to Warhammer World, on a scale of 1 to 10, how tempted are you to buy something? 10. Uh, it's very rare that I don't buy something at Warhammer World. Now, often it'll be something that I've planned to buy there. So Forge World, for example, I can save on the ship and get it there. Or they've they've got a bigger range of stuff, haven't they? It's... Mm. It, it, it is very, extremely rare. I've gone to Warhammer World and not bought something. Yeah. I, I think I've only... Oh, I've only been to Warhammer World and not bought something maybe a handful of times. Like, maybe a handful of times. The most recent one was when I went to that Warcry event. And that's because I turned up, the stuff I wanted wasn't in stock. I then went into Bugman's, started reading a book, and before I knew it, the shop had shut which is probably a good thing because after that war cry event, I wanted to buy everything, but you know, an and impulse and that new hotness feeling is, is definitely, it definitely influences what we want to buy. And, you know, the fear of missing out factor, again, you look at, you know, limited edition codexes and battle tomes for some people, those are incredibly good value for me personally. I look at the generic one, the limited edition one and i think to myself do i need that limited edition one because it's limited do i want it how much is it compared to a normal one okay it's about 20 quid more okay what am i getting realistically for about 20 quid do i want it no probably not and you look at like the christmas boxes and stuff like that you know i've got an osseot bone reaper christmas box from last year do I need to buy a new Christmas box this year? Probably not. Am I going to? Yeah, probably will, depending on, you know, what comes out. You know, if there's a world eater one for Christmas box, oh, my days. <laughs> right. But, you know, that, that, that fear, you know, I talked about it previously with the Crusade books. You know, do I need to buy them? No, not really. You know, if I'm being honest, you know, I've got the Plague Purge book. You know, I've got tons of um scenarios from the generic rule book you know worse comes to worse you can just make up your own you know <laughs> you know you've got the template there from 
looking at the core rule book, you know, you, you know that you need secondaries, you need to think about deployment, you need to think about where objectives are, et cetera, et cetera. You can choose that deployment and come up with your own themes. You don't need to go out and buy that book because it's it's going out of stock and they don't sell it anymore. You know, it, that fear of missing out, I look at it in some ways as like a, a, a very negative reason why I purchase what I purchase. But yeah. again, coming back to my top choice, which is to keep stuff in your cart for 24 hours to see if it is something you want or whether it's just an impulse or that fear of missing out, that can save you money. And it saved me a lot of money. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about, and this one, for me personally, it's not something that I feel I should do, but it is something that I do, and is what armies, what things are your friends collecting and playing, right? You know, you look at Ossiot Bone Reapers. I started them. No, I mean, I started them because I like the models and, and I like how the army sort of looks and stuff. But I started them over Nighthorn. I started them over Silverlight Gravelords because no one in my gaming group is playing them. And then I looked at like giants as well. You know, I looked at giants and thought, how many people are realistically in our gaming group are going to go out and spend four or five hundred pounds on these four models? No one did. <laughs> but I, I did because A, the models are gorgeous, right? And they fit into my play style of having a, a fairly small, air quotes, small um, number of models, you know, small elite army. And, you know, looking at what your friends are, are playing, you know, like, I mean, all of us, apart from Jay, have chaos armies, right? So if Matt's playing Blades of Corn, Dave, if you have a Blades of Corn army, are you realistically going to be playing Blades of Corn against Matt's Blades of Corn? Probably not. Corn cares not from whence the blood flows. But, you know, this, this is a, I guess this doesn't necessarily come up in most people listening, but obviously when when I've got the, the, the studio set up, hopefully in a few weeks, one of the things that we do like to do is battle reports. So me personally, one of the factors in, in, in what hobby I do and what models I buy, you know, for my own hobby outside of website stuff, is armies that we haven't got represented on the channel. You know, people will buy and sell armies and then they'll cycle out. But I, I do like for the website just to have access to all the various armies. So that'll often influence what I'm doing for a, for a tailored gamers because, OK, we haven't got a beast of chaos army in the group. Cool. I'll start those then because yeah. I want to have them on on battle reports again most people are going to have that situation most people are going to have i don't know how many armies i've got it's a lot and most people aren't in that situation but obviously doing the website this is a big you know a big big, big part of my hobby doing the, the the content and stuff so i like to have it for that we're not you know we're not a super serious pro tournament channel are we by any stretch but it's fun having them to do when we when we get round to to we'll be able to do the path to glory and the crusade and to have a bit of a a rotating range of armies because no one's gonna be interested if if it's just I don't know Dave's Uruks versus Matt Stormcast every week 
people lose interest. So it's nice to have a different range. And it, it, it doesn't mean that I'm always playing with them. Dave could use my Mega Gargants, for example, and I'll use an Empire Army. It, it just gives it a bit of variety for the channel. And again, that's a, a very unique problem to content creators, isn't it? But that, <laughs> I guess it influences what I buy. Yeah, yeah d- definitely. Yeah, I, and it's something that I've never really thought about until we started the Purple Sparky Unicorns. And we started getting people coming into the, the gaming group and stuff like that. I mean, at like our 40k one day is you see a lot of space marines because, you know, space marines are space marines. And that's one of the reasons why I've never done a space marine army. I'd, I'd love to do them, but I've never done them. You know, I look at chaos space marines and chaos space marines for me are like space marines. But we feel like they have all that narrative, they have all that story, they have that tragedy about them, which is for me so appealing. And it, yeah, I, I I do generally think about what people in my gaming group are playing. Yeah. Um, and then the last point, the last, last point is what type of player are you? You know, we, we talked about kind of what kind of hobbyist you are, you know, but in terms of what kind of gamer you are, you know, I I, I like small elite armies. And one of the armies that I did, which I've sold recently, unfortunately, it's one of those that I'm definitely going to have to <laughs> rebuy at some point, is my Adeptus Custodes, because they're a small elite army that I could play. You know, a thousand point game, realistically, a thousand point game for Custodes. You could buy three boxes of Custodian Garden. You've probably got a thousand points in those three boxes. And, and for me, is it the best army? No, it's not. I can tell you that for a gives me about thousand points it allows me to go down to my club on a one day and play games and that for me is one of the reasons i love playing those small elite armies is because you can get them built painted on the table playing games and more importantly especially with 40k you can play depending on what your opponent brings as well obviously you, you realistically got a decent chance of playing five turns and that for me is fantastic i mean i don't know about you guys but what would you say your sort of style of play do you like playing elite armies do you like playing horde aggressive defensive trickery you know does that does that force you not force you but encourage you to buy certain units over others Mm, yes no i think i've got more a more aggressive play style as in throw everything <laughs> far, far into the opponent's uh, deployment zone and, 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 and see what ensues. But that's not to say I wouldn't pick up a more defensive army or a more tricksy army. I think for me, painting the models comes before gaming. And the gaming secondary. And, you know, gaming's fun. I enjoy going to events and tournaments and, 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 and rolling some dice. But for me, the appeal is... Have, you know, having some fun with some friends and seeing two armies of glorious painted models fighting each other. So I'm never a fan of playing with unpainted models. For me, it's the it's all about the spectacle of of, of a of a board set up with painted terrain and two armies fighting each other. It doesn't matter who wins and loses. It's all about how how it looks and and having fun. And I th- I think that's probably different than a lot of podcasts who you know i, I, I want to win a tournament that's cool but I, I don't know it's more more the experience than the end it's destination not the be all and end all is it yeah 
Uh, see, I um, sort of agree with you, Matt, in regards to I don't mind painting, I, I don't mind playing games with unpainted minis as long as the intention is there to to press on and get more of them painted because I think it comes back for me to um, keeping the hobby inspiration up. I think if you're sat for weeks and weeks and weeks painting the same army, it's nice to get some of them on the battlefield. Okay, they might not be complete, but at least you can sort of see how they play to make sure, you know, you are building and painting what you really want to, to build and paint. But apart from that, I, I agree with, with everything else you've just said. And when Andy was talking about um, almost pigeonholing, not pigeonholing yourself, but working out what kind of Warhammer player you are, I definitely am I'm in the sort of gaming category. I love rolling dice. Um, I lose more than I win, but that honestly doesn't bother me. Um, I just like rolling dice, moving models, making charges. sounds, <laughs> charges. Um, I, for the type of gamer that I am, I'm like the reverse of Matt normally. So while Matt likes his quick, you know, getting the enemy's faces, I tend to play a lot more um, defensively. Um, even with, I think that's why I think I'm with Slanesh. I yeah, I think they're, they're, they're a quick and aggressive army, aren't they? And you, you were very cautious with the Keeper of Secrets where that could have been at my throat turn one. But I guess a, a, a lot of armies are jacks of all trades that you can play to any strength. It's, I guess it's more those specialist armies that are either hyper-defensive or hyper-aggressive that if your playstyle isn't that, you're not going to sit with them, are you? No, absolutely no. not. No. And that was the nail in the coffin for the Celeste for me. Um, so, so yeah, it's a it's a very interesting topic you you fought up, Andy. Yeah, like I said, I I kind of sort of thought about it and and looked at my pile of potential, and I was just like, you know what, that that's a that's something worth talking about because there's there's more than just oh that's shiny, I like to buy that. Yeah, you know I mean, don't get me wrong. There is some stuff in that pile I bought because it's nice and shiny and I do like it. But I, I like looking at the Osseot Bone Reaper Christmas bundle box set, right? I haven't touched it yet. But every single thing in there, if I build and paint everything in there and add it to the stuff that I've already got, realistically, with Nagash sat on the shelf, the only thing I want for Bone Reapers after that is Catacross and probably two three more boxes of death riders and that's it like that that's it and when people say when is a project ever truly finished if i got all that built and painted i think that'd be my bone reaper army done but i don't think i want anymore you know what i I think you're right there like my archeon ever chosen list is is essentially done that is the army that's not to say i won't do more slaves to darkness but I'd probably use those guys exclusively together because I like how the army plays. I like how it looks on the table. It's, I don't know, that 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 army has kind of done me well and I wouldn't want to, like, mix it up because kind of that's that's its thing. Yeah. What I'd be more likely to do is start a different Slave Starts army in a different scheme, based differently, potentially, mm. um, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and that's pretty much it. I mean, obviously... That's sort of my thoughts and, well, our thoughts on why we purchase what we purchase. Obviously, we'd love to hear what you, the audience, the listeners, think 
and and tell us why you purchase what you purchase. Yeah. 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 You know, what kind of Warhammer player are you as well? Um, both in the sort of strategic sense and in the sort of do, do you, are you really mean for the mainly for the collecting, the painting, or for the gaming? Uh, let us know. Um, I think we have a nice mix, and maybe that's what makes our sort of little friendship group even better. Is we, you know we're a bit of a mix, aren't we? But we all love playing games. Yeah, so like Jay, I know Jay's not on the show, but Jay, for example, is is very concerned about the rules and effectiveness. But you know, if 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 a unit's like slightly subpar, he he wouldn't take it. But we'd be like, yeah, but it looks cool, so I'm gonna take it in my list. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a robot, Jay. I gotta take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've gotta take it. And and, oh, and uh, it's quite good to have a a mix of those different personalities in your game group because it means you're gonna see different lists. You know, you you'll see you'll see the 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 the, the competitive you know very cleverly built list that Jay had put together, but then we also see the more wacky and orthodox stuff that me and David put together, for example. Yeah. Yeah, I I have to admit, for back in my sort of competitive days, it was kind of just uh, Howard Orthmos, like, quote-unquote, meta chase and, and build and paint what was good at the time and play games like that. And and now, for me personally, I feel uh, I, I'm a lot more at ease with how I build and paint and and do that sort of stuff and i i do f- tend to think especially when i'm going to events you know looking at like purple spark unicorn events right you get a decent mix of competitive players and casual players and for me personally i sort of look at a list and i think is this too much right i mean we talked about on last week's show with the 20 pink horrors that you can throw in your opponent's face that you can't retreat from for probably two if not three turns of the game would i ever take that no, never, no chance. I've built and painted an incarnate of Gur, but I don't think I'd ever play it against any of you guys without putting in a house rule to say, yeah, you can retreat from it. Because I think having the incarnate of Gur and not being able to retreat from it, or even saying to, right, okay, you can retreat from it if you take a leadership test and you pass. Right, you know, it all of a sudden... It's not as silly and as broken or, you know, air quotes broken as uh, it it is perceived to be at tournaments and stuff like that. Because, again, it's all about rolling dice and having a bit of a laugh, isn't it? You know, I don't want to win a game because you can't have go has that rule where you can't retreat from it. Okay, don't play it with it. (laughs) You know, know, it's kind of one of those, isn't it? But, yeah, I... I thought it was an interesting topic to talk about why we purchase what we purchase. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that little segment. It was a nice, uh, a nice little discussion, a nice change of pace. Whereas normally we we sort of delve into a new battle tome or something like that. It's always nice to get different opinions of the group uh, in regards to sort of the more hobby and painting sides of things. Yeah, and let us know if if you like that those kind of segments as well. Um, yeah. we can turn this lots. And- Lots to talk about. I mean, you know, if, if people are interested in more of a, a chit chat about the hobby like that. Absolutely. We are coming right towards the end of this week's episode, but we do have time, as always, for one final segment. It's time to open the doors of the community. So we'll be right back. Before we wrap up this week's episode, it's time to read out the community top 
free choices. And we're going to start over on Facebook with Brian. His third choice is paint purchases before buying more. A rule I really wish I could absolutely <laughs> stick to. Um, his second choice is bits box make more models from bits and this is this is a really good one actually and it nearly made my top three um especially with like these kind of um i'm trying to hastily think of an example and i'm struggling maybe like um a blood master if you've got like some little spare bits you could probably make one rather than buying one if you've got some blood letters hanging around oh yeah absolutely um, so yeah it's a good shout that is brian uh, and his top choice is limit your army collection. I don't have a massive hobby budget for the year, so I collect armies I really like. That way I can build up a collection for each army, giving me options for games. Spot on. But yeah, if you if you can do that, if you can sort of concentrate on one or two armies uh, and just expand on those, then yeah, that's absolutely a brilliant way of going about saving some pennies uh, and space as well. And being better with that army. Because uh, you're going to be constantly using the same force. Uh, James says um, his third choice. Um, well, actually, he's, he's done his in reverse order. So his top choice is don't buy any more models until you've painted the ones you have. His second choice is eBay is a good place to get models with the added bonus that you don't always have to build them. And for his third choice, he just put see number one. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, try and buy what. Uh, try and not buy until you've caught up with your painting collection a little bit jack harkness his third choice is stick to a budget and buy one unit at a time piles of gray plastic kill enthusiasm for me his second choice is buy from facebook and ebay you can find instructions online for any that you have to build uh, and number one shop around for the best deal i only buy paints and brushes for warhammer shops i use glass hammer and element games for my bigger purchases Finally, on Facebook, we've got David Paul Anderson. He's gone for his third choice eBay for secondhand minis, especially for any armies available in starter sets, um, part works, etc. Can save you literally hundreds of pounds, and he's absolutely spot on. Um, lots of people buy the starter boxes and part works and break them down uh, and sell off the units they're not going to use. His second choice uh, is makeup brushes for use as dry brushes. A good variety set can be grabbed for about five pounds. I think you've done this in the past, haven't you? I think you've used a couple of makeup brushes, Matt. Yeah, oh, yeah, make make makeup brushes. Go to Wilco's, get some makeup brushes. They're the best dry brushes ever. I know you you struggle getting the consistency right with a dry brush because they're very soft. You can you can, they're, they're really good for it, and they're about thirty pounds cheaper than you know the, the the premium dry brush sets that you can buy online. Excellent. And his top choices make use of reward schemes like the one used by Element Games to share your referral code to get free credit when your friends feed their plastic habits. Matt, what do we have over on Twitter? So on Twitter, Jim Jackson says, poorly painted eBay minis and Wix purple methylated spirits and a toothbrush means cheap, clean models. Yeah, I would say never spray over something that's already painted. Always is it dead easy. To, to, to strip it just um, do some research online uh, Halford spray cans great finish for very little cost and pile of potential website still going and keeps me focused on current projects so yeah Ben Bailey put together the pile of potential uh, website and you can use it to log all your hobby and, and kind of tick up your progress so like maybe that's one for your um, resolutions for next year as well Dave have each unit on there and then you can kind of tick it off once it's done it's a really I, good did, idea. I did think about this the, the only stumbling block 
sort of is we 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 we're in a lucky position where we get top secret models, so I'd potentially not be able to name some of the stuff that goes on there until it's. Oh no, but for your for your project though, so say you skate them for example, you can have all your units on there, and then you can visually see that's, on there that's what's very done. True, yes, yeah, absolutely. So anonymous Rex says you can find good deals from resellers, uh, reseller sites like eBay and to- Troll Trader. Uh, but some of the best deals I've had have been through my local gaming groups or hobby Discord groups. Keep in mind that if you're dealing with a stranger, use PayPal buyer protection. Uh, set a hobby budget for hobby purchases. It can help you figure out your priorities and encourage project planning. I'd also suggest including any hobby-related subscriptions to this total, as some such as the Imperium magazines are expensive. And that's a very good point. Pete, I know someone previously said that the part works for a great discount. However... Again, if you're paying nine pounds an issue twice a month, that's you know quite a quite a um, considerable amount. If again, all the models in there you're not using, so sometimes it's better to just buy those issues that have got the miniatures that you do want, so you're not spending nine pounds on a pot of paint. Essentially, sometimes. Uh, and number one, keep track of what you've already got for paints. You can use the Citadel app to track what you own, so you don't go out and buy extras you don't need. Look through your backlog every once in a while and find out you may have a few bits you forgot about or won't mind selling. So the Citadel um, paint app I use all the time. I've got an inventory of all the paints that I've got. And then when I run out, there's a little star you can click on and it goes into your wish list. Then you go to the Games Workshop, open your wish list and just buy those paints. Way easier than trying to remember what paints you have and haven't got, yeah. especially if you've got a big collection of paints. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I think I need to start using this because... Um, to be honest, I think I've got paints apart that are paints apart that are hiding from me. Um, but yeah, absolutely, I think I need to start using this app. It's really good. Uh, some of mine, secondhand Facebook groups. Uh, try before you buy. Ask a friend or clubmate to try an army before committing to it, and don't be like me and start many armies. Pick one project and stick to it. Yeah, that's that's really good advice and don't do what we do and have lots and lots of armies started every year uh, adrian hurst third party second hand sellers get 10 to 15 percent store discount or go pre-owned uh, box sets dominion indomitus horus heresy especially if split are an incredible value you could also share your paints which we've done in the past and take your time don't feel pressured to build up a pile of shame as you do uh, also I've been away and ended up a bit behind, and I forgot to say, but congrats on 200 episodes. Your positive attitude makes Spruce and Brews my top hobby podcast. Keep up the awesome work. Well, thank you very much for that, Adrian. That's uh, very kind to say. Uh, Old Geek 1981 says, I use 0% PayPal to spread costs on large orders. Uh, I give away stuff that I don't need to help out other hobbyists. Uh, buy brush cleaner. It works out cheaper than replacing brushes. Look at alternative systems. Scratch that hobby itch without the premium prices. Good advice there. Wild West Wargaming. Uh, keep yourself away from, from this plastic crack if this tip hasn't worked. One, build stuff like an army case or wet palette yourself. Also, wet palettes are well, something we didn't actually mention before. Um, you've been tempted to get one, haven't you, Dave? Essentially, it's a, it's a, it's a membrane above a sponge with water in so that moisture is getting drawn up towards the membrane which means that your paint will stay wet on the palette rather than what we normally do dave get some paint out put it on a palette and it's dry by the time you've finished painting that section isn't it yeah i do want to try one of these um i think jay's mentioned it more recently than i have but yeah especially 
recently. Um, They've been hot as well this year as well. Yeah, it, it would have been a good thing. I think it is something that I definitely need to. I hear a lot of people sort of make their own, or you can buy them at fairly reasonable prices. But I think coming into going into next year, it's definitely something I want to have a look at. Yeah, uh, look for nice secondhand minis. And number three, become a famous hobby influencer and get games which they send you stuff for free to review. Yes, but with the caveat of, and this is, we'll peel behind the curtain a little bit. It is really, really cool and it is awesome, but you will spend a lot of time. Like on average, I'd say it takes what eight hours probably to do a like battle tome review, doesn't it, Dave? If you factor yeah. in the the writing it and filming it and editing it, so it is really, really cool. But um, there is a lot of work involved in the background to do it. And also to, to, to get to the, the point that we've we've got now where we're able to sort of get these minis um, took us quite a few years of podcasting and writing and pestering. Um, so it wasn't just to create a website, get free stuff. There yeah. Was, there was a lot of background work that, that were, it were years of work that went into to getting us to where we are now. But even with that, we, you know, we are very, very fortunate. I know there are other websites out there that um, want to get stuff from Warhammer, and we're lucky that we have. But yes, we do have to sort of keep up with the what what Games Workshop sent to us um, because we, you know, they're doing us a favour, and, and we want to make sure we're repaying them by making the most of what they're sending us. Yeah, and what I would say is if if you are looking to start your own your own like hobby channel, podcast, YouTube channel, whatever, stick with it. You know, you, yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna get the hits overnight, and it, it it does take a lot of effort, but it is rewarding in the long run. So just stick to it and keep making content, and it'll work out in the end. Uh, enjoy enjoy the journey. Uh, you know, even if you're not getting free stuff, do do it because you enjoy it. You know, if it yeah. ever becomes too much, you know you know don't force yourself yeah exactly uh pete allison says use vallejo textured paint for bases big tub pretty cheap uh ebay social media slash friends for hobby swaps purchases and box splits and halford spray for priming models there's a lot of love for halford spray paints today uh just this guy you know says learn to mix paints you can stretch a couple a handful of core colors to cover a lot more that way so um one of our sponsors instar they do a range of like primary colors that obviously you can mix to make other shades and you can do that with citadel paints as well obviously it's a little bit harder because you haven't got dropper models so if you can practice getting the right kind of uh, ratios of paint that's really good and obviously it is infinitely easy to just buy a pre-mixed color but you know there are ways of doing things cheaper um caracamus says firstly get a good friendly local game store then discount sites such as element games then troll ebay facebook and if you can find them carboot sales uh pete planky jabroni says buy cheap super glue from home bargains wilco's etc given the amount of times i've killed a name brand tube before it's close to being finished going for off-brand's makes more sense makes much more sense brushes for terrain i usually use cheap ones from the works doesn't need to be anything fancy i use budgie sand for bases and terrain so much cheaper and you get loads more can mix in bigger sands and grit for taste i don't advise eating it though <laughs> um, still on spruce as poundland slash pound stretcher glues are dirt cheap and on occasion they sell hobby drawers that are perfect for bits a cheap airbrush is great for priming it saves t- saves money on buying rattle cans 
and Wish.com can take a while to come, but bargains ahoy. Uh, Plutonium chips in with Scour Aldi or Lidl on their cheap aisle, often throws up goodies that can be used in the hobby. And Apothecary Chris says, I second this. The middle aisle is a gold mine, provided you don't get distracted by the great deals on dog leads, trombones and the secret to eternal life. <laughs> I, do, I do love the uh, special buy um, aisles in Aldi and Lidl. Uh, they're fantastic. Um, excellent suggestions there. So what do we have as next week's top three, Matt? Well, with Saturday being the 35th anniversary of Warhammer 40,000, I want to know your top three most nostalgic Warhammer 40,000 models from the last 35 years. Ooh, that's a challenging one. Um, so you can get your thoughts in early via our social media. You can pop them up on our Facebook or Twitter. We will be putting the question out uh, closer to the recording. So on the Sunday or Monday of next week, we'll be asking that question on Twitter and Facebook. And you can just pop a reply to that. And we'll read out as many as we can on the next show. But that, gentlemen, brings this week's episode to a close. So my thanks again to Matt and Andy, as always, for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Until then, have a great week of hobby. I'll speak to all of you very soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruesandbrews.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruesandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash spruesandbrews. Thank you.